0: Hey guys, welcome to the Pony Stampede podcast. This is Phil Mayer. I'm here with Matt Galatson after SMU's practice on Friday. And uh, you know the spring game's coming up, so the team's starting to shape up a bit. Players are starting to find their roles. We're we're seeing some more out of some guys who some have played well, some who haven't. And uh, what are your thoughts, Matt, on the uh, the practice we just watched?
1: Well, they had a live scrimmage today, and I thought that um, the defense really had the advantage throughout the entire thing. Uh, the quarterbacks had had some inconsistencies, but for the most part, I thought it was a it was more of a good defensive performance, and it was a good offense or poor offense. Um, you know, the, the defensive line really got after the quarterbacks. It didn't matter who was up on the line. You know, uh, Gary Wiley and, and the interior guys, and, and 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 Dukeway and everybody were really getting after it, and they forced a couple turnovers as well, which was good to see. Uh, they had an interception on Austin Upshaw. And then they forced a fumble. It might have been uh, to Merrick Williams, but I wasn't quite sure because it was kind of a crowded play. Uh, But for the most part, you know, that was really what stood out to me was the physical nature of the defense and how, you know, they gave up the one early score, but, you know, then the rest of practice they they didn't give up another point, which I thought was was really impressive.
0: And, yeah, I'll have to agree there. Uh, The defensive line, especially, like you said, Matt, played very well. Darren Brown was another guy who uh, redshirted last year and and, uh, got pressure in the face of I think it might have been Derek Green and and forced an interception. But uh, overall, they they just looked really good. Um, They're super banged up in the secondary right now, even with the guys who are missing the whole spring like Eric Sutton are – and uh, guys like that, Kevin Johnson, there are a couple other guys out now, and Terry Keyes, who wasn't out there today, and Roderick Robertson was out, Pat Nelson as a linebacker was out. But, you know, they're kind of just hanging on by a string here with, with some walk-ons back there in the secondary and still turning in some decent performances. So I think that really speaks to how well Kevin Kane has coached the, uh, this defense up to show that even when their big stars aren't out there, they're still able to, to make some plays and shut down the offense.
1: Yeah, and there was a few key injuries on the offensive side as well. Uh, James Prochet had a little wrap on his leg. Uh, Coach Dykes told us after practice it was kind of a hamstring twinge, kind of a thing, and it's not that big of a deal. But he was in a limited, uh, limited role. He was in a green jersey. Command uh, Freeman or Cayman Freeman, I'm sorry, uh, had you know uh, he was out for I, I believe the entire practice. When he out the entire practice. He was practice? out the whole so, practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then Ryan Becker had a green jersey on as well, uh, but he he was more active today than we've seen him in a while. And then uh, Kobe Bryant, who uh, had a you know a left knee injury on Monday's after Monday's practice, uh, he was back out there, but again he was in a green jersey, a little limited limited basis, but he took part in the live scrimmage and I thought he played pretty well. Um, you know, it was. It wasn't necessarily the offensive line that was that was giving up the pressure more more so than the defensive line, just really getting after it. If that makes any sense, I mean, I thought the offensive line played pretty well, and uh, Bryant was a big part of that.
0: Yeah, I was watching some uh, some of the offensive and defensive line drills at practice today as well. And some of these offensive linemen are coming along pretty nicely. We've written about Kadarius Smith uh, moving over from guard to tackle, and that surprisingly seemed to suit him a little bit better. A lot of times you hear about guys moving the other way, but Smith seems to work a little bit better on the edge. Another guy who I thought played well today was Jalen Thomas over at right tackle. I saw him going up against Gary Wiley and just stuffed him a couple of times in a row, which... Uh, given the spring that Wiley's having is is pretty tough to do he's he's a guy who's who's put on some weight and has great quickness and is able to get around that edge but uh but Thomas was getting out there and then one thing I noticed with Kobe Bryant just in drills is that he really hasn't gotten the snap count down he he was called for a couple false starts and and when an offensive lineman false starts they have to they have to do some push-ups uh and I saw him having to do that a couple times, but. Uh, uh, Kobe's a guy who I think he has a great frame, but I think what will help him is putting on some weight in his lower body. If you look at his, his calves, they're, they're really not close to what a guy like, like a Hayden Howerton or Alana Lee has down there and really just a, a thick base. And Kobe's still a little bit skinny down there, so I think maybe if they manage his weight a little bit differently and, and give him a bit of a lower center of gravity, he can, he can be better than he's shown what, uh, better than he's shown so far.
1: Yeah, and I think one more, uh, more shout-out we kind of have to give is Reggie Roberson had uh, an extremely good scrimmage. Um, James Prochet was obviously limited, like we said earlier, but Reg- Reggie had a few great catches. Uh, he came in and out of his breaks very well. He had a really big play early on in the scrimmage. And, um, you know, that really got the offense going. And then, you know, when he kind of took a, a, a back seat to, you know, the second team guys to get them more involved in the action, that's when things kind of sputtered a little bit more. Um, I, th- I thought Galliard had a pretty good, pra- a pretty good scrimmage as well. But uh, Reggie really stood out to me.
0: Yeah, and the thing with Reggie that's so impressive is that if he catches a ball, even underneath, and breaks a tackle, he's just picking up yards. These guys that SMU has out there in the secondary, and granted SMU's secondary is probably the weakest aspect of its team right now, just cannot really catch up to him. Uh, he'll, he'll slip a tackle and he's running up the sideline for 10, 15 more yards until he's pushed out. And he's able to get into that second gear so quickly and just sort of speed ahead of some guys where it seems like you could only get maybe one or two more yards in a play. He can turn it into more. And uh, Matt, do you think there's any team in, in the AAC that can really have an answer for a, a two-man duo like Crochet and Robertson? I don't. Uh, I, th- I think they're the best wide receiver duo in the AAC. But also, it, it,
1: I don't think it's just them. I think they have a lot of depth all the way around the wide receiver core. I think from top to bottom, it's the best wide receiver core in the AAC, especially from what we've seen out of Galliard this spring. And, you know, Tyler Page has had a really great spring. So, you know, I, I think – and Judah Bell as well. You know, can't he had a rough start, but he has really recovered nicely and had a, had a great few practices these last couple weeks. But from top to bottom, I think they're legitimately one of the best wide receiver cores in the country. I'm not saying they're top ten or anything like that. But they're they're very, very good, and they're
0: easily the best in the AAC in my opinion. And another guy that can help them out a bit, uh, I mean, a couple other guys are Rasheed Rice, Calvin Wiggins, and uh, Keontae Burns, who – were three big-time recruits that they that Sonny Dykes is able to bring in uh, this recruiting cycle. And, you know, given some of the areas of the team, you'd think that uh, they might really be focusing their efforts on, on getting a huge group of uh, defensive backs which they did get some and obviously that it's bad that uh, Jonathan McGill left to Stanford but he would have helped out but you know they're sort of just adding fuel on the fire by bringing in three guys like this three hard highly regarded kids who committed over other power five programs and I think this receiving core once you add a guy a few guys like that in can really make some noise and even if a guy like Rasheed Rice or or Burns or Wiggins isn't ready, that's fine. You just you just redshirt him, sit him under, have him learn under a guy like Brochet who's really good or or watch a guy like Reggie Robertson who, whose route running has become really good. And I think that, that uh, having a wide receiver group like that will pay off even beyond what it does on, on the field this year as they're starting to build a pipeline for some guys to come.
1: Well, I think one key to that is going to be the development of the quarterbacks because, you know, Will Brown ha- and Austin Upshot both have had really rough, you know, a really rough couple practices these last two weeks and uh, especially with their deep throwing you know it's been very inconsistent so just them developing their chemistry and their accuracy with with Roberson and Prochet is going to be very key and it's going to be really inter- interesting to see how uh, Shane Bouchelle comes in and gels with these guys he was here at practice today and you know he was he was talking with a bunch of the guys and playing catch and it seems like they're really getting along well so that'll be something interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, um, we'll touch on the quarterbacks a bit more Um, We'll be back with more Pony Stampede podcast
2: after this On May 23rd
1: I want to go back to normal
2: What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil, returns We've already hunted werewolves and demons And now what? A baby antichrist?
0: okey <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have vision somehow. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season, streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount+. Yeah, Matt, that point you bring up about the quarterbacks is interesting because, uh, because it, Will Brown, uh, dr- was looking good in the beginning of spring and, and Sonny Dykes was was praising him a lot. But these last couple of practices he hasn't looked quite as good. He, uh, he's been missing on some deep throws is one thing I've noticed which it's obviously going to come after the short throws uh when you're gaining accuracy you're you're going to be able to hit the short throws first before you can uh, drop some dimes on deep balls but that's something that still really has to get there for him and and he has such a strong arm that you really want to see him be able to use it with some with some throws down the field and then of course on Monday he also started that uh scrimmage started that skirmish after trucking walk-on Michael Salerno which uh I mean, Brown's a competitive guy, so it, I can't say it comes as a huge surprise, but it is something that, as a quarterback, he might have maybe had some better judgment on to, to not start something like that because it really turned into a bit of a mess with a bunch of guys jumping in. So uh, so he's been a little bit inconsistent, and, and then you look at a guy like a Derek Green or an Austin Upshaw working behind him, and, and I don't really think they have quite enough to cut it at, the, uh, at this level. So, but Terrence Gibson is one guy that has definitely raised some eyebrows.
1: Yeah, I've been really interested, you know, watching Terrence Gibson. He has an absolute rocket for an arm. He's got better accuracy, I think, than any quarterback that's currently practicing. It's just a, a shame he can't really get out there in the live drills because he's still technically recovering from his ACL, so he's, he's limited. But, you know, he's, he throws the ball like a rocket. He's, he's pinpoint with his accuracy. And he, he's also shown a bit of a competitive you know, competitive streak. He and Pat Nelson got into a little bit after the first practice. And I'm not sure I would have advised that from Terrence, but, you know, he held his ground. He didn't look afraid. And I think that's a big thing that you have to uh, take into account for a freshman that's just walking into the spring. He's not afraid of anybody. He's ready to compete. And I think that's really big.
0: Yeah, and uh, Terrence is a guy who definitely just from watching him seems like an alpha dog personality, which is the kind of thing you want to see in a quarterback it, it kind of makes you think if, if he's willing to challenge a guy like Pat Nelson, he'll be willing to challenge just about any defender, be willing to get his teammates rallying behind him. And, and while it's just a small anecdote, I think it does kind of say something about the kind of person he is. And uh, like Matt said, he he throws the ball really well. It's just when you when it leaves his hand, you're kind of like, okay, like this ball has some oomph behind it in a way that you don't really see, even with like a Ben Hicks, um, who's who's better right now than any of the quarterbacks SMU has. Um, but uh, yeah, Terrence Terrence has definitely impressed me this spring. Um, Matt, is there anything else that uh, stood out to you from these last couple practices?
1: Uh, well, I thought Xavier
0: Jones has looked really
1: good. Um, obviously, we didn't get to see in today, but uh, Xavier's looked really good coming out of the backfield, and he's running with a lot of power. Um, you know, he's he's really more of a quick back. Uh, than Cayman is, but I, I thought you know with Cayman out, he he took a lot of the you know the power back responsibilities today. I thought he did a really good job with it. He wasn't the one that fumbled. He's had really good ball security all spring. And um, you know uh, Tamarick Williams, I don't, I'm not even sure if he was the one that fumbled. Like I said, it was it was a real crowded play, but I, it was his unit on the field, so I think it was him. But you know even even so, with that fumble, uh, I thought he's I think he's had a really you know a, a really good spring. He he hasn't really done much these last you know during his time on campus so far but you know today or this you know this spring he's been very good and i think he's going to provide like a really a really solid you know uh third option in case something happens to the other guys
0: yeah um and then smu of course also has a couple other talented freshmen coming in there with ulysses bentley and tj mcdaniel who who both definitely could play as true freshmen in my opinion but yeah tamarick uh with Brayden Westgon should have some kind of a role in the offense for himself uh, with a bit of a thinner depth chart there at running back. Another thing I just wanted to mention was that uh, when we were talking about injured guys, Delano Robinson was also out for this practice after he got a little shaken up. Looks like um, a head injury. On Monday, uh, Coach Dykes said he got his bell wrong, so he, he stumbled off and, and wasn't out there today, but uh, Coach Dykes did say he expects to be back before, uh, before the spring game. But at linebacker, um, even with Delano out, they have plenty of guys who can step in. You have a Shane Haley working with the second team right now, who's played a lot at SMU. You have a Jordan Williams who they're using at middle linebacker right now, but has played all over a bit and and should know the should know the scheme well as a senior. So that's another position where I think they're they're pretty strong. But uh, you know, wrapping up here now, um, I think uh, I think practice definitely has a different vibe from last year. Um, the guys just seem to know each other better. There's, there's a lot of energy. You have coaches like Randall Joyner who, who are just always pumping up the players, and and it's, it's, it's pleasant to watch these guys go out there and practice, I'd say.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you can really tell that they're real, they're real comfortable in, in, Sonny's new, in Sonny's system. You know, when he first got here, uh, it was more about, you know, learning everything and, and trying to figure out where everybody's supposed to be, and now they all know their roles. I think that's, you know, been really evident in what they've done so far.
0: Yeah, the de- people are definitely more comfortable in sunny system. That's uh, definitely something I'll agree with. And I think that's about all we've got for you today coming from practice. But we do have one more pro day interview from you that, that I'd like to share, and that's Chad Persley. Persley's a guy who had a very impressive career at SMU, fought through some injury, but uh, – played well overall and and was always uh, a good guy to talk to and a good guy to get to know so here's chad personally on uh his time at smu and, and what's going forward for him
2: uh what are you, some of the things you've been working on preparing for pro day since the season ended uh just working on uh certain drills for pro day drills vertical bench and then working on office line drills working on my flexibility got that kind of stuff so
0: as an offensive lineman is there one drill that you feel like is most important for you to nail
2: um, you know, really all the drills we did were important the flexibility, um, run bag drills, the pass blocking drills were all important. Yeah. So, um, I really did think all vital to my position. To How were your today. nerves with uh, all the scouts out here today? Um, of course there's going to be a little butterflies in the beginning, but as the workout went on, it kind of went away.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, last year with, uh, coach Powell, mm-hmm. obviously very unfortunate not having a coach. What well, was that sort of like for the offensive line?
2: Um, I didn't take it with a grain of salt. I just, you know, every day worked, try to be the best person I could, push my teammates. And then we just got to um, – it was unfortunate for him, but we had to move on and then try to push a, a unit. So that's what I did. So. Was it sort of bizarre not having like a good coach in there? Did you feel like a need to sort of be that coach as a veteran? Um, it wasn't bizarre, I would say, but definitely the leadership had to push it on me and Nick and the tour. So, on that standpoint but other than that we did have good coaching from that standpoint so i wouldn't i wouldn't complain about it
0: you've been at smu for a while do you have uh maybe one thing that stands out as like your favorite memory uh
2: my favorite memory was accomplishing getting my master's degree uh got my master's in uh management so that was pretty exciting and then um the relationships with my teammates were big for me just on and off the field um they're they're uh, they're great people so in that regard so i have high respect for them
0: All right, guys, that was Chad Pursley, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. And Billy will have you guys on Thursday for his edition of the podcast. But uh, peace out, guys. Thanks for listening.